Hey, this is Isaiah Kinderfleffa, and this is Rangers Nation Podcast. Welcome to Rangers Nation Podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation Podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now, here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation's podcast. I am your host, the Recliner Nerd, and today's episode, in the words of the famous Jim Mora, playoffs? Playoffs? Could this team really be a playoff team right now? They're in the wild card spot. We'll talk about that. We'll we'll talk also about with the uh, Cub incident hitting the little girl, about what players' reactions to um, putting up netting down the line and Chris Woodward and Joey Gallo and a few of them's take on that. Then we'll go down in the bus leagues where we'll talk with Sam Huff, the minor league home run leader for the Texas Ranger affiliates. He'll come on and talk to us about that. And that will all happen right after this. Welcome, everyone, to this edition of Rangers Nation's podcast. This is the Recliner Nerd. This edition, playoffs. Could this team really be a playoff team? Well, look, they've won three in a row. They took three out of four from the Kansas City Royals, which, by the way, is one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. But as we sit here right now, they are one – actually, they're about to be one game ahead in the wild card for the second wild card card spot between Oakland and Boston who are playing each other and they're actually tied right now in the ninth as I'm recording this so one of them's going to be within a one game the other one's going to be two games back but still the Rangers are in the if the, if it ended today they are in the playoffs now this doesn't come without some uncertainty obviously look right now what's carrying this team is the offense and the starting pitching and, well, the bullpen. The bullpen has not been bad over the last few weeks. They they haven't been horrible. There have been some instances where it's bad. But we've gotten you, – you see some quality starts out there right now that are coming from – look what uh, Sampson did today. He went seven innings. You've got um, – Ariel Hirado, who had a quality start uh, day before yesterday. Lance Lynn's been Lance Lynn. Mike Miner had his worst start in a while. He took a loss. Mike Miner took a loss. So when Mike, but he still went five innings um, and, and gave up, I think, three runs and ended up taking the loss after uh, that's the game I was at. So that, you know, this team right now, they are not a World Series team. And people, it, this could be one of the worst things in the world to happen for this organization is the fact that everybody thinks that, that this team might be a World Series contender or, or talking to people on Twitter um, that aren't realistic about this. Yes, they're, this team is competitive. They could be a playoff team. They don't have what it takes to beat Houston in a in a seven-game series. They don't have it. Now, Luck says they could, but it's not. I mean, realistically, no one's going to beat Houston coming out of the AL probably. Uh, the Yankees are looking really good right now. Tampa could hang with them, but the Rangers aren't that. They're, they're just not it. You have you know, you need three starters going into it. Maybe we have that. You need a good quality closer. Maybe we have that with LeClerc, who seems to be finding it again. You've got Sean Kelly, who's been pitching well. You've got, uh, uh, you know, the 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 Dowdy and, and uh, Miller need to be gone uh, on this team. You've got Odor, who still is just flat-out horrible right now. And, and, look, he got a hit today, but that's not anything. That means nothing. He needs to be getting a hit every day. Um, you know, if, if Odor goes on a hitting streak where he gets a hit every day, at least one hit every day, look, if he was mixing in walks 
every day, it would be something else. If he had the on-base percentage that was up, that's the problem. He's not taking one. He's just up there hacking. He looks horrible. He's They need to sit him down or send him down. And I have been a guy that's protected him all this time. I want, But, look, right now he's going to play with the, the injury to Gallo and Gallo going down. He's going to play. And there's no way to get around that. And if you're hoping that, that there's a way to sit him and do that, they're not going to do it right now, not with Gallo down. They're going to let Odor try to figure this out until he starts losing games for him. He drove in the extra run today, the, kind of the padded run that they needed. It came late in the game, and it was a good solid hit, but he's looked lost beyond that. And, you know, it's more important to see him be more selective and take some walks up there than, than necessarily getting hits all the time. If his on-base percentage were up, you could handle the 161 or at least swallow it a little better. But, no, he's just hacking and going 0 for 3 and 4 every game. Uh, maybe getting a walk every other game or something. But th- that's a guy struggling. That's exactly what that is, is that's just a guy that's struggling. And, uh, you know, Santana, I still don't think that guy's the everyday second baseman, but you can't argue with what, what he's playing right now. And you and when you're coming this far into it, you're coming into June, Odor's still hitting around 160, 163 now or something with that average, you know, with the hit today. You You've got to start taking a hard look at it. And even – even, uh, you know, Levi Weaver wrote a piece, if you don't have the athletic, and I'm not going to quote you Levi Weaver stuff. You need to go join the athletic. But basically Woodward alluded to the fact that we've, we've got to see something better. Something's got to happen, um, you know, to, to, to get this, uh, you know, they're, they're concerned. Um, you know, they, they got everybody out of his head, out of Odor's head. They got everybody out of Odor's head and said, look, you know, because you, you, every hitter – is trying to give him advice, and he really needs to just sit down with the with the hitting coach. The hitting coach uh, Ortiz was giving him some advice, and even Woodward uh, uh, alluded to the fact that Odor said that's hard for me to do, and they were kind of like, "I don't care, you know, whatever you're doing now is not working, so you got to try this and make this work." And so that's where they're at right now, trying to work through that. Um, Delano DeShields is back up. Gallo, it sounds like it's just a mild strain. They put him on the IL to rest it. It's not a full tear. They did the MRI. That's great news. But, you know, the offense, if the pitching continues to, to put up the starts it's doing right now, which this could be a mirage because it is it is the uh, Royals. Um, but if they continue to put up numbers like that, then obviously it could be, uh, you know, this could be something that's uh, – that, that, that can move forward and per, perhaps be something and play meaningful baseball going forward. Now, there was some other news that happened um, over the this week, and, and we're going to get to that in a little bit um, and some stuff that we'll talk about there. Um, there. The big news was what happened down in Houston. So the, the Cubs were in town last week in Houston, and I think everybody, if you are anybody, saw this and saw what happened. Albert Almora, Jr., was at the plate, and he turned on a fastball, and it hit a little girl. And, of course, his emotions were just all over the place. If you saw it, it was heartbreaking to watch him. little girl turned out to be okay. She had to go to the hospital. It really tore him up. But that that begged the question about the netting, and there's a big debate about netting and taking that netting down to the end. I I frankly don't understand the people that don't want that to happen. Um, So – we were in the locker room Monday, and there were some people talking to some of the guys about it. Um, and what I, we, I want to get into that, and I want to go over that and talk about that. There was also um, all the talk about All-Star for Joey Gallup before he got hurt, and uh, he alluded to some of that. But uh, 
Woody, uh, I think if, if you're going to get into – let's talk about this first real quick uh, about why the team we – we're talking about why the team's in, in, in a wild card spot and the way and the reason they are right now is because everyone's contributing besides Odor. But everybody off, coming off the bench, pitch hits have been good. Um, they're coming off the bench. The, the bullpen's actually been not horrible. They're not blowing leads like they were. Um, but anybody that he putting in the lineup seems to be producing or doing what they need to do, whether it's Santana, whether it's, um, you know, Connor Falafa. And, and, look, even Mathis got the sacrifice fly. Look, he's hitting 140. He's hideous at the plate. But the people that are coming off the bench are doing their job. Calhoun's about to come back. And so it was asked of Woody in his little pre-deal press conference, it was asked about, you know, what is it about the bench players and their preparations and, and, and everything that they're doing? And this is what he had to say. Um, it doesn't matter who's not playing. I mean, I, I, I was thinking about it today because I was doing a radio interview and they were asking me about that. I mean, it, I feel like every single player has done something off the bench, you know, especially our bench players who started on the bench. They've all had huge hits at some point. And, you know, when you see a guy like Hunter and Logan – She's played for the most part every day. Hunter and Logan did not start the season. And everybody got to watch how they prepared physically, mentally, you know, preparation wise on video. You know, just they prepared like they were playing every day and then when they weren't, they would come in and they would they would look at their iPad or whoever they were gonna face and they kinda had it all mapped out. And they were physically ready, they were mentally ready, they knew what pitch they were looking for going into the bat. But typically most guys like that I played with, you know, would, would pout a little bit if they weren't playing every day. You know, if, they, if, if I gave them, if they had a day off, they would just kind of tune out. These guys aren't, man. They're like, they're locked in all the time. So, you know, Danny, his first at bat was a pinch hit two run triple. You know what I mean? Like, his first at bat here with us. And so these guys are just, they've obviously had a lot of success in getting hits, but I think it's, it, it stems from the preparation and the ability to, like, put themselves in a good spot to be prepared to face arguably their the other team's best pitchers. And so and 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 he's right. Look, that th- that is what's really done something for this team right now is how well this team is playing is because of everyone contributing. And look, I, Odor's played some good defense. Offensively, there there is a detriment there and and there there's a problem that they have to figure out, but but that's what uh you know, this team is going to survive because there are no superstars besides uh, Joey Gallo. Now he's hurt, but uh, the, without being a, a, a lot of superstars like that, you got to depend on everybody, and everybody does seem to be prepped. Hunter Pence, I think, has been a big player in that clubhouse with what he's doing. Mike Miner sets the tone on the mound, and then Lance Lynn's the Bulldog. Look what Hirado did for his family. That was great. Samson, Samson's been a godsend all year long. He's He's pitched unbelievably all year long, and today was no exception uh, for what he did. So, I mean, Samson was amazing. But let's get back to the netting and what we were talking about with the netting and what they were talking about in it. And I thought the players had some pretty interesting things. Elvis was the first one I, I talked to about it. Uh, well, Woody said something in in his press conference, but I, I asked uh, Elvis Andrus about it, and uh, he was – I mean, look, he, he gave his opinion. The players seemed to want it, and here's what he said. Are you for them extending it all the way down to the foul pole? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think so. I think a lot of people are stupid if they're not. But I know that you players, you know how hard you can hit it. So you well, know. I mean, the only way for you to get a foul ball is on a fly ball. I don't think I've seen too many. 
a hundred a hundred mile per hour line drive, people caught it at that. So, I mean, if it doesn't happen, uh, why 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 not just extend it the whole way? And that way, if you get a souvenir, it can be in a pop off, which you have a lot more opportunity. And even if it hits you, it doesn't it's not the same as as a line drive. That thing hurt a lot. <laughs> And so, I mean, so Elvis was pretty adamant about it. He also was talking about his kids earlier, and he said his kid would never be in the line of that. And then Joey Gallo was asked about it by someone else, not me, but happened to be there, and he said this. So, Jake, talk quite around the league is Nets all the way to the Falcons. Do you think it's time for the ballparks to be Like Nets? Like protective oh. netting for the fans? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, it's kind of tough because, you know, it's, fans enjoy balls coming into the stands to a certain extent um, but I know they extended the the nets a couple years ago and I think they needed to do that I don't know I think it's it's tough because you see a lot of balls I mean in the outfield like I feel like every other day I'm going like please I hope that didn't hit anybody because some so many balls are coming into the stands quick but I don't know it's it's up to them but uh, you just have to pay attention honestly if there's no net in front of you Yes, he almost hit me the other day. Oh. You just went right. So I'm serious. I'm not trying to be funny. You just went. Was it hit hard? And, um, oh, yes, it was hard. Oh. <laughs> Ask Elena. It went right between. You know Elena, right between. Yeah. I'm serious. It was a. It scared the out of me. So yeah. I'm sorry about that. No. No, but I, I would. My, my, my point is, I think a big guy like you. I mean, you hit the ball hard. Even yeah. If you pull one down the right field line. Yeah. I mean, they get into the stands quick, uh, and that's what's that's what's scary about it. Uh, I know. I think I hit somebody. I mean, I hit hit people in the outfield, you know, stand. So it's just, you know, I think I think when you come to a game, you kind of have to be aware of, you know, at any given moment, a ball can come flying in, and that that could be from somebody throwing the ball, hitting the ball. It's, uh, but I don't know. It just depends on the fan experience, what they want to do. I don't know. I don't really. I'm not really in the stand, so I can't really tell too much. In the dugout, I know we're always being careful because we're so close, though. So that was. T.R. Solomon, if you didn't hear that, T.R. was talking about when they were on the road trip that Joey almost hit him. So we go down on the field. Uh, you can get on the field down there uh, during batting practice or whatever. But he, T.R. Uh, was probably doing an interview or something down the side, and he said it almost hit him. Joey was a little less indifferent about it. Elvis, yes, he's totally for it. Uh, Joey was like, you know, the fan experience, I get it. But he also talked about how hard he knows those balls are going into it. And look at the screens they put up in front of the uh, dugouts to protect the players. But uh, I think, the you know, so you have Elvis totally for it. Joey pretty much for it, but he said he understands the fans' perspective. Then you got Woody. Woody Woody was really for it, and Woody's talked about how long he had been doing this and what all he had seen, and this was pretty interesting to hear his take. Um, I was really excited when they actually did it a couple years ago when they put those nets along the dugouts. But thank God, man, I've, I've just witnessed too many some years of playing where it's people get smoked all the time you know, especially when it's kids like adults you can expect them to they get absolutely adults get smashed in the face you know they're just walking off with a bloody nose and god i just they just came to enjoy an entertaining game and left with a broken nose and, you know but the, the kids when they get hit you know it's just everybody's on their phones now all the time so nobody's fully locked into games as much as they used to be back in the day it was like there was nothing to now it's you know half the people are like this foul balls are i mean whizzing by their faces and heads without even seeing them kid guy yesterday was like on his phone and foul ball went off the seat behind him and it was 
was Yugi hit one 115 miles an hour. And it would have broken the guy's face if it would have hit him. He just luckily it didn't. And it hit the back seat and went, he was like, And you think it's what? maybe magnified now because guys get velocity. Yes. And then guys are throwing harder. So balls in the stands are going at a much higher clip than they used to. And people are more unaware. So it's like it's a bad combo. Yeah. And you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to nets all the way down. I don't know if fans would be because they don't like looking through a net. But I think if they saw what we saw on a daily basis, because most fans only come to a certain amount of games. I mean, we're seeing 162 games, and I've seen 162 games basically for 25 years. And if they saw what I saw, and they remembered, like, little girls' faces being blown up, and kids getting hit in the chest, not breathing, like, I think they would be okay with it. <laughs> yeah. so I mean, the so you're sitting there with your face to – you're sitting there. Your yeah, but I got – Above average reaction time. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've always said, like you, I tell our staff all the time, like you better protect our players. Like if any ball comes in, like take one in the chest or knock it down or something. Like, I've, you know, I've hit a hundred mile an hour fastballs. Like these people have never. If you threw one seventy to them, they would miss it because it hit them in the face. And yet balls are screaming in the stands at one hundred and ten, and they're trying to catch it. And not only that, but they go, oh, wait, no way. And then the guy behind them gets smashed because he dove out of the way at the last second. I see it all the time, and it's just, it's scary. <laughs> really, every ball that goes in the stands, I'm like, oh, I just ruined somebody's day. But it's going to, somebody's going to get killed. Like, honestly, like, the way balls are going in the stands, it's like, it's, it is scary. I don't, I wouldn't be opposed to it a little further down, I guess. And then the, the home net used to be like really small, not too high. There used to be no other net behind that or around it until, yeah. I mean, that's I grew up going to Anaheim Stadium, and it was just like a little 20-foot net that was 20 feet high. There was no other net. I mean, pop-ups behind home plate would just smash people behind home plate all the time. Now they have that other net that goes up to protect them. So. There's a very famous Ranger game at Anaheim Stadium. David Holtz is over the plate. Remember David Holtz? Yeah. He hit like seriously five line drives into the Angels dugout, five in a row. Yeah. yeah. And by the fifth one, they're all like they're making a joke yeah, out of it. They're all like crouching down in the runway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And David was kind of laughing, but I'm serious. There were five straight balls. Well, that was just when they put up the net in front of the dugout too, right? Yeah. Yeah. There used to be never anything there. It used to just be open. Most stadiums were just open That's dugout. Oakland, Oakland still. Oakland still, yeah. 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 Oakland. But it's, yeah, it's yeah. You got a lot of you got a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. 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 an extra second to get away yeah. from Joey's foul ball. Yeah, yeah. But I remember a lot of those stadiums were all open, and you know, some of them were right on you. They're, they're close. So Woody, obviously, right there, he's alluding that he he is for it. I mean, he's seen so many things. He, he was talking about that one that uh, Odor hit, and the guy was on the phone and uh, didn't even know it till it hit behind him. So, look, it, me personally, I've been to a lot of games. Um, I've sat down. I take the family to Frisco games, and there's no netting down that baseline. And my wife will tell you, it's the only time that I don't enjoy a game because I put myself between them and because we're so close and we're down there. And I'm like, well, you can't. You can't even have a beer hardly and enjoy it because if a ball comes this way, it could kill one of my kids. I mean, I'm telling you, that's how hard those balls, even the minor leagues, how how 
hard they hit it. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. It's an interesting debate. I know a lot of people are on both sides of it, but it's something that, look, the players and the coaches seem to all be for it. And I've sat behind those dugouts. When you go to minor league games, especially you sit down there close, and that netting doesn't affect you. I'm sorry. I mean, you're. I think you're being kind of picky if you think that that netting is is – is affecting the way it is, uh, the, your view of what you're doing or your interaction. I mean, I, I'm sorry. It's just it's for protection. And, and that netting, I don't believe at all, is doing anything to, to hinder the game in any way. Yes, it's a little harder to get um, some, some player FaceTime one-on-one. They can talk to you and do that. It might be tougher to get a ball to you. But I've kind of said there's got to be some sort of uh, – technology that could raise it up between innings so the players could throw you a foul ball or whatever or just throw it over the fence, uh, throw it over the netting to you or, or whatever. I mean, I, I get it. I know the fans want to interact with the players, and I get that. Um, but it's more important to not have someone die at a game than it is for, for you to get to shake a player's hand or get an autograph. That's my personal opinion. I'm not a big autograph guy, but for the kids it's fantastic. I get it, and I know that they want autographs, and I, I know the players enjoy, especially for the kids doing that, that would be something that I think they would need to work out. But as far as player safety goes, that was scary the other night. And now Mora Jr., I understand why he was upset. So, hey, they're playoff teams uh, right now. We talked about all of that. We talked about the netting. Uh, Joey Gallo um, is on the IL. He he had some things to say about the All-Star. We'll get to that maybe on a future episode. But right now, we need to go down in the bus leagues. This is Ryan Doro of the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Hey, this is Joe Palumbo of the Texas Rangers. You are listening to the Rangers Nation podcast and the Recliner Nerd. Thanks, Joe, and welcome to Down in the Bus Leagues. Let's go down in the Bus Leagues. And so, once again, this is where we go down into the minor leagues and talk all thing minor league affiliates. Hey, a big thing is coming up tomorrow is the MLB draft. Um, I wrote an article today that just came out. I had a mock draft that just came out. You'll have to go read that at Dallas Sports Nation, DALSportsNation.com. Go the mock draft and see what I've got. There's a lot of different ones that, that are trying to predict what the Rangers will do. Um with the pick that they have at number eight coming in. Uh, but, you know, there, there's there's all kinds. There's people that wonder if Bobby Witt will slide down to him. I doubt it. they got Hunter Bishop. They've got uh, Corbin Carroll, the, the high schooler out of, uh, out of uh, Washington. They've got the guy out of uh, – that they're looking at, uh, Rutledge. He's a, a junior college pitcher. We'll do a whole episode next week about the draft, who the Rangers took, and we'll talk about all of that. But right now, before we go on to every minor league affiliate, so but but tomorrow, like I said, I'm going to be tweeting about that. Go follow me at at Ranger Nation Pod, at Ranger Nation Pod on Twitter. I'll be live tweeting about the picks uh, when it happens. If I think someone could slide to us, someone we might be looking at uh, in the draft, that's something that I'll be following, so go do that. But uh, before we get into uh, what what each uh, team is doing right now, what their records are, and what they're going on, I did get a chance last week. You saw that you you heard that I interviewed Ryan Doro of the Down East Wood Ducks. Well, I also interviewed Sam Huff. Sam Huff is the uh, catcher at Down East. A lot of stuff's been written about him. Jamie Newberg had a big thing about him this week. Hey, Tepid loves him, um, but this guy's got some major pop. He leads all of minor league. 
baseball affiliates of the Texas Rangers, all of them in home runs. I think he's sitting at 18 or 19 right now already. So, I mean, he's on pace to hit well over 40. Sam's a really sweet kid, a good guy. He's a catcher that is grading out well at the catching position, hitting over 300 with all these bombs at high A. Could be at Frisco soon. But I sat down uh, – well, actually, I didn't sit down. I called uh, – I called Sam, and Sam got on with me through Matt Present, who's the play-by-play guy there in Down East. And uh, so listen to this interview here. This is Sam Huff of the Down East Wood Ducks. Okay, everyone, this is the Recliner Nerd, and welcome to Down in the Bus Leagues. Today we got a special guest with us on the phone from the, the Down East Wood Ducks. Home run leader for all of the minor leagues right now is Sam Huff. Sam, how you doing, bud? Great. Glad to have you get, Glad to be on, actually. Thank you for having me. We actually have met before, uh, Sam. We'll talk about that in a little while. But right now, we I just want to get into – got about 15 questions or so. A lot of them are uh, personal about where you grew up and all of that. And then we'll uh, – I'll talk a little bit later and tell you about how we've run into each other. But let's start off. Hey, where did you grow up? I, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, kind of uh, in the Arcadia area, if, you're, uh, if you know about Arizona like that. Yeah, I know a little bit. I, I haven't. I've been through Arizona. Uh, actually, I, uh, haven't been to spring training or anything yet. So I, I do kind of know the area. I know that uh, uh, sort of where it's at. So you, you were in a bigger kind of a bigger high school in the in Arizona. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was in Arcadia High School. It was a uh, kind of like on the borderline of a D two to D one, and we uh, we play a lot of D ones, but uh, we're a pretty medium sized. Uh, high school i'd say so did you have did you play any other sports when you were in high school i did not but uh going up to my freshman year i played uh basketball but uh i wanted to focus more on baseball in high school you you are a big kid so i don't wonder if football was in there but i guess that just wasn't anything you're really interested in no it was it was more my family thought it wouldn't be the best idea towards my my health and my baseball career maybe getting hurt during football or something so i just more focused on uh baseball okay so where were your – did you have any plans to play college ball? And if you did, were there any uh, – I knew there was one small school you had committed to, but uh, were there any Division One schools after you? Yeah, ASU, U of A, they, they both really liked me. But uh, I, I chose uh, GCU because of uh, Stankowitz, our coach. He was, uh, he was a good guy, and I, I trusted what he had to say. And he played in the, the big leagues for a while, so I, he had a lot of knowledge and stuff I thought was, would be good towards my career. So at what at what point, uh, Sam, did you did you know you might be good enough to play pro ball? Going into my senior year, I thought uh, I went to area code and I played all these tournaments uh, with a lot of good players, and I did pretty well. And I thought maybe I had a chance with uh, what I had. So I kind of the perspective of me being a good ball player kind of came to uh, that point was a. Okay, so let me ask you this. How did you find out that you had been drafted? Were you following the draft that day? Yeah, I was following, but I was actually on the phone with somebody outside, and um, the Rangers uh, never called me. They just chose me, and I heard a lot of yelling and screaming, and I walked in. My All my friends and family told me I was drafted by them, so it was, it was a cool experience. Did you know the Ranger scout personally who scouted you? Yeah, Josh Simpson, yeah. he was. Uh, we talked a lot uh, before I got drafted. Um, I felt like they were really interested. They always were seeing how I was doing. They're always at games, and I always saw them when I was out and about watching other games if I was uh, not playing. So I, we kept in good contact. 
were there any other teams that were talking to you? I mean, everybody was talking to me, but it wasn't, it wasn't really, they weren't saying much. They're just chatted up and then they'd say, all right, have a good one. And we'd kind of go our ways. But, uh, Josh would always talk to me, check in, like, see how I'm doing and like who else was talking to me. And the, it was just kind of small talk. Okay. All right. So let me ask you this. So have you always caught, are there any other positions you play? I uh, I used to play third when I was really younger. I used to pitch. I, I played outfield. I played first. But when I was going into my uh, freshman year of high school, I became a catcher. And I kind of did that in first base because we already had a catcher. And then my sophomore year, I was uh, 100% catching. <laughs> okay, so this question you'll, you'll probably have a little fun with. Uh, I asked uh, Joey Gallo this uh, last Friday, and he had a little fun with it too. Do you remember – the first home run you ever hit over a fence and how old were you? Yeah, I was, uh, I was five years old in uh little league. I were the Boston Red Sox and I hit over center field and I remember running around the bases and everyone was cheering and looking at me. So it was, just, it was cool remembering that swing. Okay. So the second question was pretty fun too. So I know that from that day, until now, you've probably hit a lot of bombs over the over the fence. Is there anyone that still sticks out, whether it was high school, whether it was minor leagues, that when you hit it, the moment you barreled it, you went, my gosh, I got all of that one? Yeah, it was uh, – I was a senior in high school and we were playing um, one of our high schools, and this kid, he was a pretty good pitcher, threw pretty hard, and he threw a fastball away, and I hit over, like, two houses – at my high school and I just remember it was going in the the parking like the the street in the neighborhood so we finally got the ball back and the the families were asking where it came from and they said the high school field and they were kind of stunned that I hit that far <laughs> wow that's what good uh it's funny you know Gallo you see all these home runs that he's hitting now it was a high school game also he remembers that, that he hit one. It, it was pretty interesting. So let me ask you this. What, it, what is, what right now are you trying to improve the most about your game? Everything overall. Um, I feel like mental side of it is a big part too. So, I mean, I've been focusing more on what I need to do mentally and how I need to approach myself, have a routine, have an everyday thing, just like to understand what I need to get into before I move up in my career. So what's changed this year? Because the average is, I mean, the average is about the same, maybe a little up, but the powers really come on. Yeah, I just, uh, I think uh, kind of understanding what my, uh, what I can do best is uh, hit the ball hard. So not trying to swing at bad pitches, get a pitch up that I can hit hard and do my damage there. Not uh, just swing at anything, have better at bats, work counts, and just overall hit the ball hard. Okay, so we're going to have a little fun here because this is how you might actually remember who I am. But uh, so last year, the wife and I took a little trip and kind of drove up through and we went through Nashville and we wanted to catch some of the minor league affiliates playing. And we saw Round Rock playing in Nashville, ended up in West Virginia last year and saw the Hickory Crawdads playing the West Virginia Power at West Virginia. Yeah, I remember. I remember you. Yeah. Do you remember the Toast Man? Yes, I do. 
<laughs> so that did that guy get on you much i mean you saw him a lot more than i did i remember that was something that i was like man this guy is just absolutely nuts no he didn't he didn't really bother me i mean people are going to say stuff to you and chirp at you and you just kind of kind of have to learn how to shut it out and not let it bother you because at the end of the day that's what people are going to do at the next level and every level you move up they're going to talk to you and he all he said was i'd huff and puff and miss the ball so i I mean, every, everybody does that once in a while, so I didn't really care. And I think I hit like a double or something the next at bat, so he didn't really say much to me. <laughs> well, you did hit a double the night I was, I was there. So, um, and, and that that was really nice of you. You came over. I think you actually you actually gave us a ball, but I wasn't yeah. expecting it. But I do remember you, you coming over that night. It's kind of strange when you see a Ranger fan in West Virginia, so that's why I thought you might actually remember it. Yeah, I do remember. I, I remember you guys uh, saying you're Ranger fans, and I gave you a ball, and I was I was surprised there's Ranger fans in West Virginia. So I was that that's why I gave you the ball. I was like, at least we have fans here. <laughs> well, actually, I'm in Dallas. We just have to be on a trip. So I'm down here. When you get to Frisco, uh, you'll see me again. I'll be out at batting practice or whatever. I come out and and cover Frisco a lot too. So I, I look forward to it when you get there. So. Okay, so here's what I want to ask you. Your daily routine. So on a regular day, when you know you're catching uh, on a 7 p.m. start, tell me how your day goes. How does it start? What time are you up? What are you eating? What are you doing for the day? So I'm, I'm usually, I drive, I'm 30 minutes from the field, so I get up around uh, 11.30, go get a coffee from Starbucks, and then drive to the field. I get to the field, I kind of, I get ready, I get changed. I go call my one of my family members if I'm bored or, I just sit there and look over some like hitters that are going to be up and up and coming. If I haven't faced them or if I do know who's pitching and who they are as hitters, then I just kind of just go on with my day and then find my uh, starter and talk to him about what should we do. Like, here's the runners. Here's the good hitters. Here's some guys you can attack more than pitch, like more as a pitcher, not, uh, not just go right on with fastballs, maybe drop a curveball in there or something. And then, we have our, I think, hitting routines I go through, and then um, we got we go on stretch, and I do my stuff. I don't throw usually because I'll throw with my pitcher, and then um, we take BP. Uh, I finish the day there, walk in, grab some D, take a shower, go back over with my pitcher and Mincy or whoever the pitching coach is, and after that, go out do my routine and play the game, and come back in, take a shower, head back home, maybe get some to eat go down like watch a movie or something or watch a tv show and go back to sleep do it again yeah you guys uh you guys are usually up pretty late after ball games so i know that yeah. y'all start a little later than everybody else do you have any superstitions or anything or certain things you like to wear or anything like that i i try I have a like i have travis matthew hats that i wear that i feel like they're more like they're good luck more than like a couple hats but that's the only thing I wear. Like I wear hats to the field, so I have certain hats I wear. So, what do you do in your spare time? Um, I I like to I like to relax. I try and get out and around wherever I am. If I'm not familiar with the area, I try and get out and kind of check the area out. Or I have my camera here. I go take pictures. I I do that sometimes if I'm really bored. But uh. Overall, I just relax. Uh, if my teammates are going to fish or if I found this new hotspot of uh, food I want to try or just anything, anything that I can get out of the house and do, I'd, I'd love to do it. 
speaking of food, what is your favorite food? Do you have a favorite homemade recipe that mom or somebody in the family makes or a restaurant that you like that makes something you really love? I have a, I have a restaurant. It's called Chicago Hamburger Company. It's down in Phoenix. It's probably the best Chicago style hot dogs, burgers, anything you can think of, fries, shakes. It's, it's, it's pretty good to me. And I always remember, I try and go there every time I get when I go home or eat there as much as I can before I uh, leave for the season. But that's probably my most favorite spot to go usually. Well, tell me something that nobody knows about you. And let me give you an example. So Brock Burke, uh, that's pitching for Frisco, ask him this question. And he, he said something a little strange. He said, I sleepwalk. He goes, uh, he, he rooms with Joe Palumbo. And he said, I had to let him know that because we room on the road. He goes, but apparently I get up in the middle of the night and I sleepwalk or I, I do stuff. So what's something that nobody knows about Sam Huff? Ooh, a lot. People know a lot about me. So that's why, that's why I try to, I'm trying to think right now about what somebody doesn't know about me. Hmm. Uh, I feel like people don't know how strong I really am. I'm pretty strong. If you, uh, if somebody were to make me mad or something, I feel like they, they understand how big I am. So I feel like that's the thing. No, no one really knows how strong I am. Usually you, you know, that's pretty funny. Cause I I'm, I'm around a lot of the local press and all of that here. And, and so I bet, you know, they've seen you at spring training, but for some of the ones that don't get away from spring training like me, I don't, I, I may try to get to spring training some, I haven't yet, but I actually saw you in person and I said, I, I don't think you guys could understand Sam's a big boy. And that that's uh, he, he's a, He's a big old guy and very, I tell you what, you're, you're good behind the plate for a guy your size. Now I know you played first base uh, last night, I believe it was. Uh, are you comfortable over there? Or? It's I played 11 games last year uh, at first, so it's still new to me right now because I haven't played all year, but uh, I'm all right with it. I'm still learning my way. I talked to Ryan Doro or Yanni or somebody in the infield that understands the position or understands like the positioning. So I kind of look at them for help, and they give me the help. But uh, overall, it's just I need to get a little more comfortable, more reps. But you are far more comfortable at catcher. That's what you want to play. Absolutely. I feel way more comfortable there. Well, listen, Sam, I appreciate you coming on here with me. I, I, I'm going to get a little uh, something from you when we get off, so just stay on there real quick. But uh, that's Sam Huff of the Down East uh, Wood Ducks starting out in Hickory this year has already been uh, – promoted once hopefully we're going to see him here in frisco pretty soon uh sam i appreciate you coming on with me thank you for having me so that was sam huff and it was a pleasure to talk to him such a sweet kid you heard him on there such a nice kid and and just a pleasure to have him come on and, and talk to us like that but let's we are down in the bus leagues is going out and let's talk about uh some of the uh so the the teams and what they're doing right now. So right now, let's let's start in uh, cl Class A, the South Atlantic League. We got the Hickory Crawdads. Hickory's thirty five and twenty one over the last uh, ten games. They're six and four. They are in third place in the South Atlantic League Northern Division, but they're thirty five and twenty one. So they're fourteen games over five. The, the, look, the minor leagues besides Nashville, everybody's winning. They're winning well. You go up to High A, and that's down east. In high and in down east in high A, uh, they're 39 and 18. They're seven and three over the last 10 games, and they're in first place. Um, and they've been in first place, and they've got the best record in. Uh, I, I think they might have one of the best records in all of minor league baseball. Uh, they did. Uh, Matt Present said uh, he's the play-by-play -play for down east. Said had looked it up a couple weeks ago, and they were. Uh, 
one of the top teams in, in all the winning percentage in all of minor league baseball. Frisco's next. Frisco is in Double A. They're still they're still in first place in the uh, Texas League Southern Division. Uh, they're in first place. They're uh, five and five over the last week. Uh, so they're they're playing five hundred ball right now. But they're twenty nine and twenty six. Um, I saw today where uh, Tyler Phillips came up. He struggled a little bit today um, there, but they they there've been a few promotions. I know that uh, uh, a couple of guys have been moved up uh, from. What's his name came up to uh, Frisco and then was moved up to immediately to Nashville, um, and then let's say, let me look that up here in just a second. I, I'll look it up for you. Nashville, where, where Nashville is right now, Nashville's still playing the worst ball. They are four and six over the last ten games. They're twenty-two and thirty-five, and they're in last place in the Pacific Coast League. Let me look up those transactions real quick and see what it was that 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 got promoted. Okay, okay, so there it is. So uh, Peter Furbanks. Peter Furbanks is the one that went from down east. He was promoted to Frisco, and he wasn't even in Frisco very long, maybe just a week or two, and they've already moved him up to Nashville. Some think he's not on the 40-man roster, but some of them, uh, I know that Tepid and a few of them are wondering if this is not setting up for him to, to get prepared to help the Major League staff. He's just been unbelievable, um, you know, He's got a 0.0 ERA in two games. I mean, he played for six games for Frisco, and he had a 0.0 ERA. He's played two games already for Nashville, and he still hasn't been scored upon yet. Um, in 11 games for Down East, he had a 2.92 ERA. So, I mean, he is just lighting things up on the, on that front there. That wasn't the only news that happened because Down East sent two of their relievers, two of their big arms, uh, up to Frisco, and that was Demarcus Evans and Joe Barlow. Now, Demarcus Evans was my guy that I said would might be the guy that be a candidate to to do what C.D. Pelham did last year when he when he started in High A and ended up in the major leagues. Um, I thought Demarcus Evans might be the one to do it. So um, I've already uh, tweeted Demarcus and going to go out there and 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 see him and and talk to him. He was super excited. He thanked me. Of course, he was very uh, uh, very excited to be. To be moved up, but he's got he's been in two games since he's been uh, in Frisco and hasn't hasn't been scored upon yet. Joe Barlow was the converted catcher that they turned into a pitcher. He's been lights out all the way up. He's he's come in for one game and hadn't been scored on yet either. So that's two big moves that the Rangers they're moving these relievers up. They I'm predicting that they foresee that these guys could help them this year. And look, we're not even to July yet, so they want them to face tougher competition, get into tougher competition, face tougher hitters, and uh, prove what they can do before they get a chance to come up. And uh, all three of them throw hard, upper 90s, close to 100 miles an hour. Klossay's the other one. He's uh, he's at Frisco. He's not he's not ready yet, but that's a that's a future closer in the making right there. But he, he's getting uh, he's a little bit of control problems right now. But Klossay's got. He's got the, the stuff once they, they harness that up. But that's it for today's episode. We're calling it playoffs, um, obviously, because the Rangers are in the playoffs. We've gone down in the bus leagues. I want to thank everybody who listened to this. Hey, give us a like. Let us know that you like us. Write a, you know, send us a note. Do something. Uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, Twitter at, at RangerNationPod at Ranger Nation Pod. Uh, I just love any feedback I can get. Let me know what you think about the uh, mock draft. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be doing the draft. Hope you'll you'll t- uh, come and follow us on uh, on Twitter and uh, some live tweeting for the draft and who the Rangers take. The Rangers have an off day tomorrow. But for all of you that listened, I appreciate it. And like I say at the end of every article that I write and every 
one of these episodes. Nerd out!